This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today is episode three. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Prevenex. If you are looking for a place to get clinically effective supplements that promote longevity, performance, and everyday health, look no further than Prevenex. They have multivitamins and supplements, delicious protein powder, which is vegan and provides amazing minerals and nutrients in the protein powder. They also have children's vitamins and subscription plans. Their products are clean, they work. Specifically, I wanna tell you about the Joint Health Plus, which offers the most comprehensive and complete joint protection and relief available on the market. I have had so many people reach out and tell me how much better they are feeling once they started taking Joint Health Plus. Give it a try. If you don't see results, they have a money back guarantee. 100% money back guarantee. Go to Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER to get 15% off your order. That's Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER to get 15% off your order. All right, today's episode is with Megan Murray. Really excited to interview Megan. I've known her for quite a few years now, and she recently broke three hours in the marathon this spring, which was a huge goal for her, something that she had been working to do for years. Megan is the co-founder of Big Run Media. They work with races and endurance events and help companies come up with creative strategies and branding deliveries. Uh, One of the partners that they work with is the Donna Marathon, and that's how I met Megan. And the other part of their company is called Believe in the Run, which is a place where they do reviews for running gear and shoes and races, all the general running content, super awesome resource. And they've kind of blown up in the past year and a half over there. So their business is really two parts. They also have a podcast, The Drop. And just so you know, they recently interviewed Kip Choge. So big deal. Um, I loved talking to Megan and hearing more about their business, more about her life and what it looked like chasing that three hour marathon time. Like she ran so many races with the goal to break three hours and it took her so many tries and she didn't give up. She loves the training. She ran a 256 in the spring. She has goals to run around 250 in an upcoming race. And we get to learn what keeps her motivated. I think you guys are going to like this one. If you do love the show, leave us a quick rating and review for all the new ratings and reviews that come in this month, September and October. We are going to give away a copy of Allie Nolan's book, Mastering the Marathon. So make sure to leave us a review and send Emma, my assistant, an email and let us know that you left one. Emma at SandyBoyProductions.com. All right, friends. Thanks for being here. Enjoy my conversation with Megan. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Megan Murray on the show. Hi, Megan. Hi. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. I actually wanted to have you on right after you broke three hours in the marathon. I figured you'd go on Rambling Runner and you did. (laughs) So let's just, this is an overdue congratulations for that. Well, thank you. I have seen you work for that for a very long time. It took um, several years and many marathon attempts to get there. So yeah, and you were actually literally at several of those marathons. (laughs) Yes, because you did the attempts at the Donna Marathon. And so for me, you know, and I feel like I was always like pregnant or postpartum and never in the season of life where I was trying to run fast. But for me, I've been so inspired because you kept trying Like you weren't like, I am going to move on from this. Like you just, you kept going after it. Yeah. To be honest, it did get to a point where I almost felt embarrassed, like still going after it because it's like, I put it all out there and I failed so many times and it's like, 
how long can I continue to do this where it's like, it's just not going to happen. Um, and I don't, you know, I just, I actually love marathon training. Like I love the grind and I enjoy that whole process. And so I didn't want to give that up. And it's kind of like, you might as well just, just keep going. Yeah. Keep going after that goal. Okay. We're going to get into when you actually did it and all that, but I want to introduce everybody to you. We first met, okay. Everybody who's listening probably knows I am deeply connected with the Donna Marathon. I go every year, but you know, for those listening, you might not know that I work through Megan and her husband, Thomas, through their company, Big Run Media. And when Megan originally emailed me about the Donna Marathon and possibly coming out and and promoting the event, this was, I mean, it was four years ago now, probably. Yeah. And I, she didn't even know my connection to breast cancer. And if you're listening, you might not know this. I have the BRCA gene 2 mutation and I had a double mastectomy when I was 30. So immediately when she reached out to me, I felt connected to that race. Um, and so since then, you know, we've continued this partnership every year. But Megan, can you share with everybody a little bit about your running history and the company you and Thomas run, Big Run Media, and what all that looks like? Yeah, so Big Run Media, we started, let's see, I guess six years ago now. Um, and so Thomas and I met actually working together and we worked at a company called Social Toaster and it was a startup in the social media world. And we were creating all of this content for big brands like Sony pictures. And then like your tiny mom and pop accounting store. And we were just, we were working so hard and creating all this content for brands and companies that we just we weren't thrilled about. We didn't love. And we realized we had these um, skill sets that we could use and focus on something we did love, which is running. And so that's sort of where big run media came to life. Um, and the endurance events kind of wasn't our intent at first. We thought we were going to focus on brands and working with, um, running companies and the events sort of fell into our lap and we started working with marathons, half marathons and Donna marathon being one of them. And that's like you said, how we were introduced. Okay. Hold on. You and Thomas met working for this other company. And then you started Big Run Media together. Where did the dating start? <laughs> <laughs> so we were friends for the longest time. Um, and the dating started so right while we were still at Social Toaster, okay. right before we started Big Run Media. Oh, that's tough. Because you're like, if you just started dating right before Big Run Media, you're like, what if we break up? You weren't married yet. Tell me about <laughs> those feelings. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. It was just kind of like all in. I mean, even, even Thomas starting big run media was a scary like jump. Like we were just like, let's try it, see what happens. And so he actually started the company while I stayed at social toaster and worked for probably six months until he was able to get enough clients where then I could quit um, my full time and join him full time. And so there was like a little bit of security for me in the sense that I stayed where I was um, and he had started this thing, but it just worked out where I was able to join him full time. Okay. Um, I love this so much because you know, I'm so into entrepreneurship. I just, I love seeing people go all in. I know it's stressful and scary and you're taking risks. Like there's so many risks involved and I've seen your evolution. I mean, I remember when we first met the first year at Donna Marathon, I was like, who are these people? What are they doing? Is this company <laughs> like legit, you know? <laughs> and as I've seen you guys progress over the years, it seems like you've grown and grown, not only as a business, but just like professionally yourselves as well. Like I've, it's been really cool to see you guys grow. And I don't know all the ins and outs. That's just from the outside looking in. Tell me about that process and, and how you've grown. Yeah, well, thank you, first of all. Um, and so there's actually two sort of um, facets to the business. So Big Run Media is our quote unquote agency where we do digital marketing for, like I said, endurance events. And then we also have Believe in the Run. And that is a website where we focus on actually 
writing reviews about shoes and gear and anything running related. And actually during the pandemic, we, as you know, endurance events sort of stopped happening. Um, some stayed and did virtual, but we lost a ton of clients. Oh, so hard. And yeah. So, but at that same time, our website traffic for Believe in the Run, because everyone's looking for shoes and gear, like skyrocketed. So we sort of took all of our focus and energy, not all of it, but a lot of it from the big run side and moved it over to the Believe in the Run side and focused on how can we build more content? How can we, you know, get more information out to runners? How can we use this audience? Um, And so that has actually become a large part of our uh, business model moving forward. Um, So it was kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess, with the pandemic. And so now our focus is probably 50-50, the big run and believe in the run side. Oh, that's interesting because as races are coming back, it's like you've poured all this energy into believe in the run, but you're going to have to kind of shift back to doing more uh, in-person stuff again. Yeah. So it's interesting because we're sort of combining the two now a little bit more where we're working with maybe a brand at a race or, you know, we're, we're doing an activation at an event, um, but we're using our audience from believe in the run. So it's, we're still learning every day. Like we're just making stuff up as we go, Sure. (laughs) but um, it's, yeah, it's been really challenging, but fun to sort of bring the two together. And just so everyone knows, I, yeah, Believe in the Run has exploded. I don't remember when it was. Maybe it was last year sometime. And I was like, when did they get so many followers on Instagram? This is insane. How many followers do you have over there now? Uh, I think it's 65, 66,000. Yeah. I feel like I had looked and it was like 8,000 one day and it was like 60 some thousand the next day. It, it felt like it took forever to go from eight to that 10 K. And then it was like, once we hit 10 K all of a sudden it was 20 K and then it just kept going. Yeah. And just so you guys know, like they've, uh, Thomas has interviewed Kip Choge on the show. So it's like, um, on their YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys have a podcast now too. That's so one of the other things that happened during the pandemic is we were like, how can we use our channel to entertain people? You know, everyone's at home. And so Thomas started literally just DMing some athletes being like, hey, you want to do a live on Instagram? And people were tuning in and they were like, do more of these. And so that's eventually why we ended up doing a podcast where we do like a weekly interview. And then we also just talk about shoes and random uh, running related things. And, um, yeah, but Kipchoge was a big one and we were all geeked out in the living room. Like we were all standing around Thomas (laughs) as he's doing this interview, just like geeking out being like, Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, that was a fun one. I remember because, you know, like I'm on a lot of email lists like we all are. And so a lot of times I skim different emails. But I remember seeing the email about that. And I, I think I texted you. I was like, what? This is amazing. Uh Yep. That's yeah, so, so cool. we, that was, um, uh, our, we were working with Koros, which is mm. uh, a sponsor of his. And so that's how that came to be. And it just fell in our laps. And yeah, we were just super giddy and excited. <laughs> Run with it. I mean, that's one of those things where sometimes I, I'm getting to this point. I'll be completely honest with the audience here. Um, I, sometimes I feel like I'm like old news and I'm like, does anybody ever really want to come on the show anymore? Like, you know, should I email this person to do an Instagram live to follow up for their race? And I, I feel like I don't even want to email them because I don't want to be a bother. And I say that to say that like everybody feels that way sometimes, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I'm curious how you guys felt when you landed that interview. Cause I know you've interviewed other big names too, but like, I would say that Kipchoge is arguably like the biggest name in running one could interview. Did you guys have imposter syndrome or were you like, yeah, how did that feel? Uh, definitely imposter syndrome. Uh, I, I was like, do they know who we are? I was like, I feel like maybe they're confused with someone else. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so definitely more of the latter. But it and and it's so funny because once we had the conversation with him, like you realize he's just another human being. He happens to be a phenomenal runner, but he's just a genuinely nice human. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, yes, the 
you know, and I figured this out trying to launch my parenting podcast and everything without getting going is like the running community is very accessible. You know, there's lots of running podcasts and platforms that lots of well-known runners go on. So I do think that we're in a unique position in that regard. So does Thomas host most of the interviews for the podcast and the YouTube channel? I know you chime in sometimes who mainly hosts everything. So um, Robbie from our team, Thomas, who's my husband and I, we do the podcast together. And then the interview portion is either Thomas and I or Thomas and Robbie, depending on like sort of who has more questions or is more interested and like that type of thing. Um, But yeah, speaking about the running world being accessible, we literally sent Molly Seidel a DM being like, Hey, do you want to come on the podcast with zero expectations of hearing back from her? And she was like, yeah, of course. Absolutely. I love talking about shoes. And it's just like that, that our community is pretty great. I love the zero expectations mentality too, because if you just put yourself out there and don't get all worked up about it, I mean, you have to get out of your head about caring what people think will think of you and being annoyed. Like they're probably not going to be annoyed if they don't want to do it. They'll just say no, or they'll walk away or they just won't respond. Right. And exactly not getting like offended or overly bummed out that you don't get a response. Yep, exactly. Okay, so go follow Big Run Media and Believe in the Run, friends. If I mean, go go listen for the Kipchoge interview and then figure out what else you want to listen to. <laughs> or the Molly Sedell one. Um, so let's talk about your running a little bit. Let's hear your history. So your marathon PR right now is? Uh, 256. Okay, so you not only broke three hours, you like crushed three hours because I think... <laughs> Having an additional four minutes, like, you know, in your last mile, you could have dropped down to a 10 minute mile and still, or oh, well, yeah. maybe, maybe a nine minute mile and still, yeah. <laughs> still had it in the bag. But, um, talk to us about when you fell in love with running and when you became a marathoner. Yeah. So I started a bit later than probably most people. I actually hated running as a kid, hated it. Um, I played soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, all the sports. And when I went to college, I just stopped playing all the sports and just focused on academics and sort of just needed an outlet or something to do and picked up running. I say picked up running, like I jogged a mile or two every now and again. Um, And then after college, I stuck with it a little bit. I probably did, you know, three, four, maybe five miles. And then I moved back to Baltimore which is where I met Thomas, who is actually who got me into running. He was out doing a 50 miler when we first met, like the, I think the weekend after I met him at the office, he was doing a 50 miler. And I was like, what is wrong with this person? Like he is, I remember like I was drinking all day on a Saturday and I was like, he's just been running this whole time. And Eventually he convinced me because he, he knew that I was like just going out for jogs in the morning and he was like, you should sign up for a race. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. And then he kept pushing. And so I signed up for a 10 mile race here in Baltimore. Oh, 10 miles. Baltimore. Quite a big jump. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I guess I kind of trained for it. I don't even remember. I, I think I did maybe like seven miles or something before it and ran the race and absolutely loved it. And had the best time. And I was like, I get to drink a beer at 10 in the morning. This is phenomenal. And I worked really hard Uh, for the beer. So it's like totally acceptable. (laughs) Guilt-free, all of it. Yeah. And so then he was like, well, if you can do 10 miles, you can do a half marathon. Which seems probably to you as a runner, like very normal next step. To me, that seemed really daunting. I was like 10 miles to a half marathon sounds like a lot. And I was very hesitant about it. And then sort of wrapped my head around that and went to go sign up for the half marathon and saw that the half marathon was $110 and the marathon was $120. And I was like, why would I pay that much for the half when it's only $10 more for the full marathon? <laughs> like that's the, that's how ignorant I was to running. And that was the rationale I was using. I love it. So three weeks before the Baltimore marathon, I hit the sign up button And Thomas was working with a coach at the time who he called and he was like, if she's going to do this, what should she do? Like what long runs? And so he told me, I think it was 
a 16 and then an 18 and a 20, like no taper and then just go run the marathon. Uh And so that's what I did. I was like, what should my goal be? And Thomas was like, well, sub four is like a, a real big goal for a lot of marathoners. And so I was like, okay, I will aim for sub four. Um, did the long runs like totally by myself. I think I was like eating some Swedish fish out there as like nutrition, like no idea what I'm doing. Line up to the Baltimore marathon. This is 2012 and okay. run a 355. Oh, nice. And I was like, that was, fun. I hated a little bit of it in the end, but otherwise fun. And then I was like, well, if I can do that, can I get faster? And so that's sort of where my marathon journey started. And I, I learned about qualifying for Boston and I was like, well, I want to do that. And so I think it took a couple years. I ended up running uh, a 325 to get me a, a qualifying time. And then from there, I just kept wanting to get faster. Um, I love this story because I love that Thomas has been a part of the entire thing. Because I didn't know that. I, I I had no idea where your running started. And I've always just seen him like gushing about how badass you are. <laughs> and like, I mean, I ran one year at Donna. I did the half. I think Thomas was doing the full. But you were doing the full. You were trying to break three. And I was doing the half. And the half and the full... Um, they're together for like eight miles yep. or something. And so Thomas and I ran together because he was trying to like pace himself. He had like his old man heart rate monitor on and everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, I was secret pregnant. You guys knew I was pregnant, but nobody else did. Yeah. And uh, so we just like talked the entire time. And it's just like so sweet. Like he is so in awe of you and inspired by you. And now I see a fuller picture of that story. Like he took this woman who like didn't really know anything about running and has been a part of that entire process. Yeah. I mean, I think you could probably say that I fell in love with running around the same time that I fell in love with him. Um, they're pretty yeah, parallel. I love that. Tell us about your relationship with him a little bit. I know you're a stepmom. I just want to hear more about like what that life looks like. Yeah. So it's funny because when I was growing up, I never pictured myself marrying someone, one who already had children and two who had tattoos. That was like a hard no in my family. Uh, (laughs) He has really like his tattoos are good. (laughs) Yeah. So this was like very not what was like pictured in my mind of this like perfect, you know, life of whatever. Um, but you know, you fall in love with who you fall in love with and the boys have been a really great experience for me. Like being a stepmom is challenging, but it's awesome. And it's just, it's, it's really great. Like I, I have no complaints about it. And so the way it works with us and the boys is there's split time between us and their mom. And so 50% of the time we have them and 50% of the time we don't. So it's almost sort of like we have two lives, like we have parenting and, and momming life. And then we have like, we're just a couple life. Um, and it's, it's an, it's a good balance. It works for us. And yeah, I, like I said, I have no complaint. How did you reconcile those feelings of like, this isn't what I anticipated or expected my life to look like at, you know, 28 or 30 or 32 or however old you were when you guys met and how old you are now? Like, how did you reconcile with that? And then was that hard to talk to your parents about. I know that's like, Thomas is amazing. Being a stepmom is amazing, but I'm sure that like, that's something your parents thought about too. For sure. Yeah. No. So my mom is like my best friend. And so I was like a little hesitant and worried about what she was going to think. Um, I think that's just like a natural feeling. Uh, but So my, there's an age difference between Thomas and I, quite a large one, which is also another reason where I was like never thinking about dating him. Um, But my parents also have a very large age difference between them. So I felt like I had that on my side of being like, it's not that crazy. You guys understand because you went through the exact same thing. Um, And yeah, I think once I actually, once I spoke to my mom about everything and how I was feeling and like going into the situation and her being so supportive of like, whatever, like I trust you in your decision-making. 
I think that relief like had me full in. I I find it so refreshing because I think that most of us have these like expectations of what it will look like based on what our childhood looked like, based on what our families looked like. And it's just really refreshing to see when that doesn't end up exactly the way you thought it would because other people need to see those pictures too. Yeah. Other people need to see like, oh, it, it can work out not so traditionally. Right. Yeah. So it is, it's, yeah, like it's not at all as I pictured, but I can't see it any other way now. I mean, I have to say your, li- your life looks really fun. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're showing the good stuff. Obviously, we're not going to promote all of, you know, it's still hard and there's challenges, but yeah. Well, all the racing seems fun and the Baltimore running community, it seems like you all have like a really special group there. Yeah, I, we do. Uh, we run with a group called the Faster Bastards. Um, it. And it's just a really great group of people. Anyone is welcome to join and run with us at any time. There's uh, weekly runs pretty much every day of the week now. Um, and yeah, it's just such a supportive group. And the entire Baltimore running scene really is great and supportive. So it's an awesome city. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Lily Trotters for supporting this episode of the podcast. The best compression sock out there, super cute and comfortable, strong enough for a marathon, comfortable enough to wear for hours. They fit very nicely into running shoes. You could even wear them with boots, any kind of shoe. These socks fit right into them. They're super comfortable and they're super cute. This is actually the longest running sponsor of this podcast. And when you support sponsors of this show, you're directly supporting my work. So I thank you. And I can't say enough great things about Lily Trotters. This is a women owned company. I think my favorite socks they have are their crew socks. I love how they feel. And even when it's a little bit warmer, they're still super comfortable without overheating. Compression socks are shown to enhance athletic performance and speed up muscle recovery and soreness post-exercise. So if you don't already have a pair, go get yourself some. You're working so hard, you might as well speed up that recovery. And there's no better place to get your compression socks than Lily Trotters. Go to lilytrotters.com and use the code ANOTHER to get 25% off your order. That's lilytrotters.com and use the code ANOTHER. All right, back to the show. Okay, so let's go back to the 325 that got you into Boston, which is like well under the qualifying standards. Um, when did the dream for three sub three come into play? So after I uh, got the 325, I went to Boston the next year and ran, and that was super fun. Um, and I had gotten my time down to like a 318, 319, and I was really stuck in that range mm-hmm. for a year or two. I feel like that's a range that you can really get stuck in. Like anybody can really get stuck there. Yeah. So I was there for a while. Um, and I, I worked with a coach and he helped a lot, get my time down. Who was the coach? Uh, his name was Caleb Masland. He has a running group called team wicked bonk proof. I actually, I think he lives in Boone. North Carolina? Oh, is that, is that near you? I don't know. <laughs> okay. If, pe- if people in North Carolina near Raleigh know, let me know. I'm, I'm not super familiar yet. <laughs> I'm not good with geography at all, so I'm not even going to attempt to know. Um, but so I ended up getting my time down to a 315, which was sort of, it doesn't sound crazy from 318, but it felt like a breakthrough mm-hmm. when you're stuck in that range for a while. And um, after that, I was like, okay, I think I can do like, 305 maybe. And I had a breakthrough at Donna Marathon in 2017. And that was okay. when I ran a, I think a 306. So at that point when I ran the 306, I was like I feel like I want to go for the sub 3. Um and tried for several years and I ran like 306, 305, 304, 30 like 30s. I ran Back at Donna in 2019, I ran three hours, 19 seconds. Oh, I remember that. It was gut-wrenching. It was just like, no. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, it was rough. But 
And it, you know what's funny about the three hours and 19 seconds is that was most people's reaction is like, oh, I'm so sorry. But I was like, that was like a five minute PR. Like I was pumped and everyone else was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, guys, I'm excited about this. So you're there because three, ni- three hours, 19 seconds, like you're there, you know, yeah. you can do it. It's just right. such a bummer that that entire season and that one race, like you needed to buy those 19 seconds somewhere and you didn't have it. Um, yeah. But I, I totally get what you're saying. I remember that year. I don't know that I remember it being a five minute PR though. So that is a massive deal. Yeah. Um, and so then after that, I think the pandemic happened. So I was signed up for Boston 2020 and was excited to run that. And then it got moved to the fall and then it turned into a virtual event and nothing was really happening. Like no events were happening. And I was like, well, I'll run it as a virtual event. And so because our Baltimore running community is amazing, I got a few friends to come out and pace me. And that is actually technically when I broke three hours was by myself or not by myself, but with a few friends out on a trail in Baltimore. And I ran a 359.42 no according way. to my watch. Yeah. So that. You mean 259. Think, sorry, 259. Yeah. Um, 42. And so I think that was also like a mental barrier that I broke through, even though it didn't count for anything. It wasn't legit. Like. I think just mentally for me, it was like, okay, I can do this. And then um, I guess in March of this year is when I finally did the 256. And what race was that? The Woodlands Marathon in Texas. Okay. So tell us about the experience, like how you felt during the race and everything. Yeah. So the Woodlands um, was actually a client of ours. So we were doing the digital marketing for them, which is also why we were there. And then happened to want to run it because it was the only event we knew that was actually happening. Um, So I had a friend named Ben Johnson who flew in to pace me, which was amazing. Yeah. And it was a pretty decent weather day. I think it was like high 50s, low 60s. So like a little warm, but not too bad. And I, everything like training went well. I was really prepared, hydrated well. Um, I was actually, so the Woodlands has a very liberal elite field okay. like in, in terms of timing. Like, so if you're a woman and you run 305, you can go into the elite field. So I submitted my time and was able to actually have bottles out on course, which is amazing to me as someone with like my times in a marathon, like rarely are you going to get bottles or right. ever are you going to get bottles out on the course? So that was amazing. And the race, it's it's funny because you expect your PRs to be like this amazing, I was in the flow state day and mile two, I was like, this is uncomfortable. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, can I actually do this? And you know, like all of the doubts and stuff go through your head, but I'm like, this guy, Ben flew out here just for me. He's pacing me. This event is happening. This is like, who knows when another one's going to happen. And so I was like, just hang on. And I just kept chunking up the marathon, like into little bits. And we got through the halfway and our strategy was we would pick it up for the second half. Mm-hmm. And Ben was like, all right, are you ready to pick it up? And I was like, nope. <laughs> what like, did you come through the half at? It was, a, so he's like a metronome. So we were trying to do 255 and it was like exactly um, half of that, whatever that is. 127.50 One, or 127.30. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like almost to the second. And so I was like, we'll just hold this pace. And I tried really hard to hold that pace. And I started to slow and he was like, do you want me to stay with you or just run the pace? And I was like, just run the pace so that I know where I am. And then he kept getting further and Mm. further ahead to the point where he stopped and came back. And I was like, I just wasn't looking at my watch anymore. And he's like, why don't I just run with you? And I was like, that's a better idea. (laughs) So we ran together and I remember I took my caffeinated gel and I immediately felt like a little bit better. What mile was that? And I was like, this is probably like 18. Okay. 
And he's like, okay, you're picking the pace back up. Like we're good. We're still on track. And I was like, okay, I can like gut this out for the next however many miles. And so I did and yeah, got to the finish line. I honestly had no idea what number I was going to see when I crossed the finish line. And when I saw that two, five, six, I like just had the biggest smile on my face. Did you know, like, had he given you information in the last mile that like we're, we're doing this? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you're not that far off of your original goal. Like just keep pushing. And for the first time in my life, I had the fastest, like my last mile or the last half mile was like a 620, which was like the fastest part of the whole day. And that has literally never happened to me in my life at any marathon. I was so happy for you. I can think of like you doing that. And then I remember when my friend Jen Bigham, who's been on the podcast before, qualified for the trials for the first time. And I think that like you breaking three and her qualifying for the trials for the first time are like two race experiences as a bystander and like someone who's kind of just like watched someone's journey. I feel like I felt more excited about those two experiences than I have about almost any other person breaking a time or something. Cause I know how invested and like how long that process was for you and her. Yeah. Well, thank you. That that's super sweet. Uh, when are, when are you going to break three? I don't are we know. doing it? I don't know. I just posted about this in my Facebook group this morning. I just like, I don't have the motivation. And I like, you know, I always thought like, oh, once my youngest is out of the baby toddler years, maybe I will. But it's like, I just feel like my priorities have shifted a lot. It's like, I felt like I would have, I do, I do have freedom now. Like I could, I could train my butt off, you know, with these kids going to school nine to one, I could go get great runs. And once they go to school, but it's just like, I don't have the desire to, so I don't, I don't know if it's going to come back. It's almost like it was stronger in between babies because I knew I had limited time. So I was like, get this, get this training done, get this race done. You'll probably have another kid. But now that I'm done having kids, I'm like, Oh, well then, you know, like I don't have like an end end sight to like go move on yeah. to something else. So I don't know. I just I was talking to Glenn about it the other day and I was telling him how I didn't have motivation. He's like, you need to just like start sprinkling in some like random like pickups in your runs sometimes and just like so that you get back and you feel like really energized and chatty. And, you know, when you have those like highs from having yeah. a good tempo run or something, he's like, just start sprinkling it in enough so that your heart rate gets up and you're you're feeling like strong. And then the desire will come from those feelings. So also moving to Raleigh where it's so hilly, I'm like, do I know how to run? Like, this is hard. It's so hilly. Yeah. As someone who hates hills, I can totally understand that motivation going down. <laughs> yeah. I hope it comes back. I mean, I think that like with the move and everything too, I just kind of was like, I need to just stay active and, you know, I'm very committed to that, but I need to just like get settled in here and then, I don't know, it also kind of just feels like excuse after excuse, but I guess I'm just doing what I think makes me happy right now. What about like uh, the shorter distances or even like a half marathon, like uh, going after that PR? Right. I need to break 130 and a half. It's so stupid that I haven't done that Um, just in my own life, just based on other things that I've done. Like I, you know, based on a 311 marathon PR, I probably should have broke 130 and a half by now. Um, I just never focus on the distance. I know I thought about that when I posted in the Facebook group, what's your dream big goal running? I posted that this morning and I was thinking... Somebody commented they need to just sign up for something. And I was like, why don't you just sign up for a random 5K here in Raleigh and just like run hard and then go from there. I am going to do that Under Armour all out mile, though, and use that as like a base. I'm nervous about it, but I'm going to just do that and go from there. So the all out mile, don't you have to do that in a race or is that anywhere? I think you can just do it on your own. Like, I think you can. Okay. I, I'm going to see if a couple girls here will, like, go to a track with me. You have to do it between October 1st and 11th. And so um, I figured if we – and these – the girls I'm talking about, I think that we'd all be similar pace. They'd probably all smoke me right now, but I th- <laughs> I think that that's good. And so if we all kind of go do it together and I can kind of chase after them, um, that, that would probably – 
yield the fastest time for me. That did like pretty much anything under the half marathon sounds terrible to me. Like it's just, it's pain the whole time. The whole time. I mean, the way I think about the mile though, is I'm like, okay, say I bet right now, if I went all out in a mile, I would probably run like 620. And so I'm like, okay, four minutes of that will be awful. Like the first two minutes, I'm probably okay. But four minutes of that will be miserable. And I'm like, that is such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. So I think that my mile PR is actually like 545 or something like that. But I am a far cry from that right now. I don't I don't know that I've broken six minutes in a mile. Like I've never tried, but I don't you think I have. You should do it. Yeah. You, sh- you would probably run like a 515. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I did the 545 at the Monumental Mile. And it was like 545, maybe a little faster, maybe a little slower. I can't remember. But it was definitely under 550, over 540. And I think that was, must have been like the summer of 2017. I think it was in between Russell and Sandy. So it's been a while, but yeah. I, was, I was happy with that. I was, I'm still proud of that. Yeah. Time. Heck yeah. Um, so tell us though, like how have, you know, we were, you asked me when I'm going to break three hours and obviously our life circumstances are different and everybody's listening's life circumstances different, like got different things going on, but like, how have you stayed motivated? You said you love marathon training. What is it about it that you love so much? I think like I, well, I just generally love the feeling you get after a good hard workout. Like I just, I crave that feeling. Um, but I also think when you break through barriers, like I like this three hour barrier and when you push through like pain thresholds that maybe you didn't think you could, or you held on just a little bit longer in a workout or in a race than you really thought you could, it translates to like every aspect of your life where I feel like I can do hard things and, and, and take on projects or work with giant companies that I never thought I could because I've built this confidence from running. And like I said, I just think it flows into the rest of your life and that's really motivating. So motivating. That is so, so true. I mean, that's the, little sprinkle I was talking about that Glenn was saying like why don't you just get to a place where you're at least coming back from your runs feeling like I did something that was hard yeah it gives you confidence that's the other thing too is like if you get up in the morning and you knock out a hard workout and then like the rest of your day like you already did something and accomplished something hard and it just makes the rest of the day seem easier do you do early mornings always yeah, pretty much. Really? Yeah, I'm a I'm a morning person. How do you do it? What time do you get up? Um, I get up at five thirty every day. So, yeah, even on the weekends. I was gonna say sometimes on Saturdays I'm up at five. Really? Oh, run. you do earlier on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like insanity. Um, sometimes Sundays I guess I'll sleep in, but yeah, five or five thirty. I'm pretty much up every day. Does Thomas get up early too? Mm-hmm. See, that's easier if you know you're getting up together. Does he do? Does he go out and do the runs with you? Uh, no, we'll do some easy runs together, but like workouts, we'll do separately. And then, especially on days that we have the boys, like I'll get up and pack lunches and stuff while he's out running, and then while he's driving them to school, I'll go do my run. Um, and so we're usually like just tag teaming stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I just, I don't know. I cannot get myself. I oftentimes think, think in the morning runs, like, um, I had a, another call before this and I had like 30 minutes in between dropping the kids off and the calls. And I was like, let me just go run 30 minutes now. And I sort of feel like if I actually then went and did a workout in like three hours, I'd probably do it better. Cause I like got that, like flush out you know that like 30 minute flush out yep. and energy boosting like the 30 minutes is energy boosting for these interviews in my day but then actually work hard later 
But it, obviously it's hard to balance all that. I just find working really hard, like the workout thing in the morning for me, not only is my body not awake, but my mind isn't. How do you get your mind in the right place that early? I will say, so I switched my routine in the morning because of the pandemic and we were working from home where now I get up and I have my coffee and like I knock out some emails or like I'm doing something. I walk the dog before I'm going out for my run. So I'm probably up for an hour before I actually run. So I feel like that's time for me to like warm up mentally and physically. Yeah. Yeah. I need like Glenn always gets annoyed because he can get up drink like half a cup of coffee, get his bathroom in and be running in like 20 minutes where I'm like, I need to read. I want to, like you said, check my email. I need to go to yeah. the bathroom once, maybe twice. Like yep. I also get bathroom anxiety for the early morning runs where I'm like, am I done? You know, like I freak out yeah. that I'm going to have to go to the bathroom while I'm running. And I don't usually have that issue if it's a little bit later in the day for some reason. Do you have those issues? (laughs) I'm like, no, I think because I'm so consistent with the morning run, like my body is like, oh, this is happening. So this is happening now. Yeah. Yeah. So I I will say the routine and the consistency definitely helps. What about on nights you don't sleep well? Do you still just like, this is what I do? Because I think that's my problem is I... If I, if I don't sleep well and it's not even necessarily kid related, I just get insomnia. I'm like, heck no, I'm not getting up at five. I might sleep my best hours from five to seven. Yeah. Um, no, I just, it's, you know, it's programmed in me. In fact, it's funny cause we're, I'm actually running wine glass marathon on Sunday. Oh, you are. So we're in taper this week and you know, you, it's really important to get sleep. And of course our dog got some weird cough sickness thing where he was coughing all night on Tuesday. And I was like, I got zero sleep, but you know, I got up and, uh, did my little shakeout run and, and came back and it's, yeah, I was, I always just figured I'll make up for it the next night. So like, I'll be so tired. I'll sleep well. That is true. I mean, it's like if once like the days have built at some point you are going to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I wish I had your motivation. So much more productive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You got to put put a, a half marathon on the calendar. Just do it. Okay. Sign up for one. I should give myself an aggressive but not a, like, crazy scary goal for that. I for think. sure. Because I don't, obviously, like, the first one back, I'm not breaking 130, but if I could run, like, even, like, a 136 right now, I think that that would be like a really good like mental boost. Like just get in that yeah. shape and then go from there. Yeah, I support it. What are you doing at Wine Glass? Like what's your goal? A realistic goal is 253, I think, 252. Okay. My moonshot goal is 250 or under. 240. Um, that that would have to be like everything aligns day. So we'll see. Isn't it crazy to think of like the years you put into trying to break three hours and now you're like possibly going to run 10 minutes faster than that? Yeah, it, I I do think about that often. Like I think about how my half marathon paces are now my marathon paces and even actually my 5K paces are now my marathon paces from like six, seven years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, do you have someone pacing with you this time? Um, I have someone I'm running with. She's not pacing me per se, but we're, we have the same similar goals. So, um, Megan Featherstone, she's actually a nutrition, a sports dietitian. She has Featherstone nutrition. Oh, I think I've heard of her. Actually played a huge role in my sub three. Um, because I started working with her right before, or not right before, we probably worked together for four months in preparation for the Woodlands Marathon. And I thought I was like nailing nutrition and knew everything. And I I think you could say I was eating healthy, but I was not eating correctly at all. Like not for performance by any means. Tell me more. So that was a huge factor. Yeah. So 
I mean, obviously carbs are super important, but I think I didn't realize how important and the timing of food. So I would pack a salad for lunch and that would be my lunch. And like a hearty salad. Like, yeah, like it would be pretty hearty, but there's like minimal carbs in the salad. It's like vegetables and protein and like minimal carbs. And so I, my body was basically like just tapping out because I was, I was running out of glycogen stores and I didn't have any carbs. And so she created this plan for me where I was especially eating more around the runs. So like, you know, I'm a morning runner and I was eating my biggest meal at dinner, which I think is pretty common. Like, I think we just, we eat dinners like the big meal of the day. And so I just spread out the nutrition evenly and even more so towards the morning when you're running, because that's when it's most important. And so just learning about the timing and how important and how much I need to increase my carbs. Like I never eat salads for lunch anymore. Never. What do you eat for lunch now? Like a sandwich, um, like a hearty sandwich or leftovers from the night before, but it's always going to have like a big carb component to it, whether that's rice or pasta or bread. Um, yeah. See, I for love, every meal. I love adding the carb to the salad. Like I love a salad that okay. has like couscous in it or rice or like that's like my favorite part of the salad is adding in that grain yeah so if you're doing that you're doing it right i was not doing that i was just the leaves (laughs) hey friends a quick break here the donna marathon weekend is coming up i'm so excited to go this year in person it's the weekend of february 6th there's a half marathon a marathon a 5K relay and challenge events. There's something for everybody. And it's just so much fun. It's 18 weeks away, everybody. So get to planning. I'm going to be there with my whole family. I would love to meet you. We're going to have a great meetup. It's just going to be a beautiful weekend in Jacksonville, Florida. This race benefits the Donna Foundation, which helps people walking through breast cancer and It also funds groundbreaking research. You want to be a part of this event. It is just such an inspiring weekend. The course is beautiful. It starts and finishes on the beach. So um, they also have a 5K in May, the Mother's Day 5K. There's a 5K this coming weekend, the Players 5K. So many great ways to get involved. Go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10 and that'll get you 10% off any of their events. That's breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10 for 10% off. All right, back to the show. Okay, so 250 wine glass. Really excited about that. And okay, so let's talk about Donna really quick before we wrap up. Yeah. Listen, you guys, if you go to Donna, you get to meet Megan too in yeah. February. Super fun. <laughs> um, so the Donna Marathon weekend, we mentioned I, I work with Megan and Thomas through the Donna Foundation, the Donna Marathon weekend to go there every year and promote the event. Um, tell everybody, Megan, what your favorite things about the Donna Marathon weekend are. My favorite things about Donna Marathon weekend, I think the top one just has to be the community and the people like I've run, I think almost 20 marathons, maybe more at this point and the crowd support and just the people running. It's the most positive, like amazing community to be around. Like you just feel like you're around inspirational, amazing people. And you are, I mean, a lot of women out there are breast cancer survivors and a lot of them are supporting breast cancer survivors And they're all there with this common goal. And it's just the energy is, it's hard to explain other than you should go and experience it yourself. Um, What is it like to be someone really fast on the course though? Because I've always ran it more in the middle of the pack. Um, It's super fun. So you get a lot of cheers. I've been lucky enough where I'm usually running with another guy or two. um, And... It's, I mean, it's not a huge race, so we're pretty much out there on our own, but you, you do have the crowd support, which is really nice. Yeah, it's really, it's my favorite part is I think that this was on the new, newer course. There's a street where there's like a tunnel of like 
streamers or something Balloons like that. And, Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, there's several neighborhoods that like go all out with pink balloons and like streamers and yeah. Yeah, and you end right on the beach. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's, really yeah, fun. it's that you end right on the beach. There's a super fun after party. I mean, yeah, and then it's it doesn't really get any better. You're in Florida in February. That little neighborhood too, where it ends on the beach, is that Neptune Beach? Yes. It's such a cute I area. So. I was like, if I move to Jacksonville, that's where I want to live. I'm sure it's like the most expensive area to live. <laughs> like I want to live in a little house right by the beach right there. I'm sure that's very affordable. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so you all can use the code Lindsay 10 to register. We will have a meetup. I'm bringing my whole family this year. So The um, whole crew? The whole crew because now um, – now that we don't have anybody that's like a baby or anything, we can all just sleep in one hotel room together. Everybody just passes out. And uh, being in Raleigh, we're only six hours from Jacksonville, so we can just drive. Um, so, yeah, we're all going to come. And I'm really I'm really excited to show the boys because, you know, they know I go on this trip every year. Glenn has come with me some years. One year I went with some girlfriends. Um, and I think that I'm just like turning – over into a different phase in my life now and the boys can come with me. I'm not like hauling them with me to like California if I have an event there, <laughs> but to anything that's like somewhat close, um, that's super fun for me for them to see, see that side of what I do. Like, um, in right before the pandemic started, I was able to take Marshall with me to the Olympic trials. And so oh, it's cool. kind of fun to like incorporate them into, the working, you know, side of your life. Do any of them like to run? Not that it feels like work. Um, kind of. I mean, they run a lot. They ride their bikes a ton. They're they're turning into some really badass bike riders because it is so hilly here. Like, especially in our immediate neighborhood, our neighborhood is actually called North Hills, and like it literally is hilly. Like, there's hills everywhere. Um. And they play soccer, so they're running on the soccer field a lot. But I can't get them to, like, understand wanting to, like, run hard in a race. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Thomas and I are, are like, because we run so much and it's such a big part of our life, we just assumed that the boys would be like, I want to run with you. And, yeah. and they have zero interest. Do not want to run at all. I mean, I will try to be like, hey, do you want to do, like, warm up with me? Like, do a mile with me? Nope. I will. They'll ride their bikes <laughs> next to me. Um, and I see people posting like videos and pictures of their kid running like 23 minute 5Ks and stuff like that. I'm like, I could get them to maybe run walk like three minutes running, one minute walking. But I my kids are not super into it. And I think Marshall yeah. could be really fast. He's like, I think he, I think Marshall, that's my oldest. I think he could be more of like a 800. Like I feel like he's like mm -hmm. really powerful. And I see Lewis, my second, being more of a like in it for the long haul kind of guy. We'll cool. see. I love it. I last yeah. last thing on that, and we'll wrap up within a podcast. I went to my niece's cross country meet recently, and I am like, oh my gosh! If one of my kids doesn't do this sport, I might die. This is amazing. Like, just I forgot. You know, I've been immersed in running for so long, but like, it's almost like I forgot what that like high school, middle school cross country experience is. It's so cool. Yeah. And I never, cause I wasn't a runner growing up. I never really experienced that. And so I am not giving up hope yet that maybe one of the boys will get into it. Cause I want to, like you said, I want to experience the cross country from like a spectator. Yeah. I told Glenn, I was like, if nobody gets into it, I'm just going to have to like get really invested in the local team here and just uh -huh. like know the kids on the team that aren't mine. Cause it's just, it's such a positive <laughs> environment. Yeah. All right, Megan, what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Professionally, I would love to work with one of the world major marathons. I think that would be super cool. Um, personally, I will throw this out there. It is a ludicrous goal. It is, sh I shouldn't even say it out loud, but uh, get an OTQ time in the marathon. You should say it out loud. I think. <laughs> I think that that is like, so big to say those big dreams and I wondered that and I actually meant to ask you that because once you hit one goal what's the next goal or when are you satisfied you know 
Yeah, I'm. I think this is going to lead into one of your questions. But I'm reading the book. Ground is it groundedness or grounded? Oh, the Brad Stolberg book. Yeah. Yeah, the practice and, of groundedness. Yeah, that's it. Um, and you know, he he touches on that, like never being satisfied, like the continual grind and wanting to keep going. And I definitely feel that way with running, but I I don't see it as a bad thing. Like I think he's describing it as more of like a negative, like you have to get out of that cycle sometimes. But I, like I said, like I love the training and I just really enjoy it. So I don't know that stopping having goals is going to be anything in my future. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the thing about that, that sentiment is like, well, if you're burnt out, then yeah, you should. But if you're not burnt out and you still, like you said, love the training, grind away. Yeah. You're still getting something out of it outside of just those times. Right. Exactly. Um, and you know, like I think the most powerful thing is, is what you said about the motivation and the drive it gives you to be good at the other areas of your life. Yeah. Yep. All right. You've motivated me to work hard at something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, okay. So best, most recent book is a question. Power of, or the art of, I just interviewed him and I read the whole book. Why can't we say it? It is the, Cause it's like a weird, it's like a weird, it's not like, gra- it's like groundedness, which is like a weird word. Yeah. 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 Um, if you guys haven't picked up Brad's new book, though, go pick it up. Do you have any other books though that you've recently read? Um, I really liked Alexi Pappas's book. I thought that was good. I love, um, Gina Castor's book, let your mind run. That's definitely one of my all time favorites. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at those. Do you listen to any po- other podcasts? Other than the one you host? Uh, yeah, obviously I listen to your podcast. I'm not lying either. Like I listen to your podcast <laughs> all the time. Um, and I really like Lewis Howes. I don't know if oh, you're Oh, no, with him. I like it. Yeah, he's good. I, I'm intermittent with him. Like I'll go through like a phase where I listen Me to too. a bunch and then I'll stop and forget about him and come back. Yep, I'm the same way. I love it. Um, what about shows? Are you watching any shows right now? Um, Ted Lasso, which just came back on, obviously love that. Gotta say that one episode was super weird. Wait, don't, don't give anything away. Cause I'm not caught up. Okay. Somebody was, I saw some activity on Twitter about a weird episode and I like immediately went away. I think I just finished Glenn and I watched an episode. We're kind of behind, which is surprising cause I'm so obsessed. I think I like having the, I like knowing there's a couple in the bank though. Um, I think we just finished episode three seven okay so you're two behind we're the episode where um the blind date just happened and okay yeah you'll yeah okay (laughs) i'm also watching the morning show okay yeah i watched the first season are you watching season two yeah and i think i have to rewatch the first season because it started and i was like what who are these people what happened so listen i loved the first season i hated the end of it though it was just too dark for me but um I, yeah I'm I'm gonna like and it's I watch these shows before bed and I just like don't like sad things in my head before bed but I am gonna as soon as I get through Ted Lasso in Virgin River I'm watching that it's terrible um <laughs> but I like it uh before, as soon as I finish those I'm gonna go to the morning show cool I love it uh okay who's someone fun motivating or inspiring you would like to have coffee tea or cocktail with Okay, so I couldn't decide between all of the pro women runners out there because I like would love to just sit down with any of them. So I'm going rogue and I'm going to say a cocktail with Britney Spears. Oh, love it. I'm assuming you watched the documentary. Yeah. And I guess actually as of this morning, maybe she's like technically freed of her conservatorship, but um, I'm like so fascinated by it. I'm like, tell me what really happened. I read something that Jamie Lynn is free. And I was like, I didn't know Jamie Lynn was under one too. Oh, that's news to me. Yeah. And Jamie Lynn, speaking of Virgin River, Virgin River-esque. Did you know she was, she's like an actress now. She was on the sh- Netflix show, Sweet Magnolias. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know it. 
Apparently she's a she's an actor. Um, okay, what is your last message to leave with the audience today? I'm gonna steal this from Des and say, keep showing up. Keep showing up. What is Des up to? I think she's running Boston and New York. Is that what she's doing? I think she's doing both back to back. If I'm not, I could be wrong. Okay, keep showing up, everybody. Megan, good luck this weekend. Thank you. Thanks and thanks so for much. having me on. This was super fun. Like I said, I listen every week, so it's weird to be on this end of it, but thank you. Oh, it's so fun. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Megan, for coming on the show. I loved hearing all about your training and your races. Still so pumped for you about breaking three hours. So cool. Sky's the limit. Uh, you all can find Megan on social media. She is Megan, M-E-A-G-H-A-N-J Murray on Instagram. You can also find Big Run Media. They are Big Run Media. And you might already be following Believe in the Run on Instagram as well. Check out what they're doing over there. It's such a great group of people. And I'm just loving seeing their work and all that they've accomplished. Great group to connect with. All right. Go to our show notes, lindsayhine.com, and check out all of our sponsors. The links to everything will be at lindsayhine.com. If you want to be added to our newsletter, I just email out the show notes every week with links to discount codes as well as books and anything my guest and I talked about. Um, email Emma, Emma at sandyboyproductions.com, and she'll get you added to the list. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review and let her know because you'll be entered to win Allie Nolan's book, Mastering the Marathon. All right, friends, you can find me. I am lindsayhine626 on Instagram, at lindsayhine on Twitter, and we have a great Facebook group. I'll have another podcast and a Facebook page as well. We would love to connect with you on all those platforms. Have a great rest of your Friday, a wonderful weekend, and as always, we'll see you next Friday.